Welcome to Get This Shit, the bi-monthly podcast that answers the questions you've always had, but forgot to ask. Prepare your earballs. Why, hello, and welcome to GTS. Uh, my name's Cassie, I'm your host, and I'm joined here with my guest co-host this week, Malcolm! Hey everybody, Cass, hey. thanks for having me back. Absolutely, thanks for uh, coming back. Uh, we were having a small dance party to the intro. Oh yeah, yeah we gotta come up with a number, a name for we that. We do! We'll have to put it on Instagram. The and GTS everyone... Waltz or something like that. Yes! <laughs> we'll put it on Instagram, and everyone knows that means it won't be on Instagram. <laughs> Oh my god. So how are you, man? I am doing great. Good. Everything's been going so well in my life. Um, you know, recently Jelly. I've actually been playing a lot of this new video game that came out called Ooh. Total War Warhammer 3. Ooh. Uh, it's quite a fun game and I have to ask you, Cass, uh, have you ever played like miniatures on the desktop? Like no. how about how about tabletop Dungeons and Dragons? I have Like with the little figures? I've played one uh, short Dungeons and Dragons game. I think it was like Ravens. It was like a masquerade thing. I don't know. Yeah. And then I started a campaign two years ago before COVID. Uh, to be continued. Yeah. 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 So we haven't gotten back episode. to it. But for real, I bought my dad and I at Magic the Gathering cards so we can play that together. Oh, and yeah. like go to the local like community thing but oh yeah no. yeah i remember playing that quite uh, often as i a have never played I, I remember just like how enthralled i was as a kid the art on the cards Ooh, yeah especially compared to something like pokemon cards or yeah. even because pokemon you know is like cartoony mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. even Yu-Gi-Oh, like still kind of cartoony and yeah. i remember magic the gathering it's like like real like looks 3d Yes. Art, you know, yes. Like the monsters yes. are real vicious. Yeah, super um, cool. But no, I've never played any anything other than like the very beginning of a D and D game. Yep, yep. I've I've played tabletop D and D. So so Warhammer typically it's it's basically like like a tabletop D and D where you have the the uh, the figures and like you're moving them around, you're having mm-hmm. turns, things mm-hmm. like that. Except instead of individual figures, they're like entire armies. So like they're oh, just shit. tons of little miniatures. So you're like so you're spending your time maneuvering an army around, you know, like a tabletop map. Baller. You know, there's mats and terrain you can buy. And so stuff. is it less like role play and more strategy? Yeah. I mean, D and D is still yeah. strategy, but yeah, and 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 uh, it like still risk. has. And D and D had a baby. Yeah, kind of. Okay, kind of. Um, you know, I mean, the table's pretty, uh, pretty freeform, so you can usually move wherever you want. You know, cool. you're using like a tape measure to like count. You know, see how far you know units can move with that's, your dice rolls and things like that. So that's and, a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 quite a few rules, but they but they have narratives too. Cool. Um, and then so so there's Warhammer Fantasy, which is typically you know done with typical you know fantasy things that you might think you know elves, orcs, things like that. I get you. Um, and then there's Warhammer Forty Thousand, which is set in the forty first <laughs> millennium. Cool. And it is yeah, it's got the Space Marines. If you've ever space ever heard Marine. of Space the, Marines, the real Space Force. Yeah, the, the legit Space <laughs> the Force. The legit one. Um, have you seen uh the movie Dune? I. Fucking love Dune. I uh, just finished LPN's Dune cast oh, with yeah. Henry and Holden. 
I just finished it. So Warhammer 40,000 pulls a lot of uh, kind of like uh, it's, I don't know, it's a theme. It, from, it's essence. Yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's croissants. <laughs> it's croissants. <laughs> yes, I it, got you. It pulls its essence from from Dune, and if if you're watching, if baller. you watch the newest movie, there's a few scenes there when, um, uh, like when they show some of the spaceships. Oh yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Because like cause the when they, things, yeah, and when they, the hoppers, yeah, or whatever. when they when they show like some of those those pictures, you know, and usually they're showing them as like stills, mm-hmm. you know, so like really, really see like the gravity of the size yeah. of yeah. everything, and and that immediately reminded me of Warhammer forty thousand, and then I was oh, like, oh cool. wait, actually Warhammer forty k like uh-huh. kind of stole some of that, maybe not stole what they borrowed. I, everybody, everybody stole from fucking. <laughs> What's his name? Frank Herbert? I think that's who wrote it. Yeah, Frank wrote Herbert, Dune. I think. Yeah. Everybody stole from him. Hopefully we're both not wrong on that and have to issue a retraction. Now listen, well, well, because I <laughs> I have a retraction later, or a, more of a correction, but finish with Warhammer-ness. So is there only two types, the so, or two... So so no, there's multiple different cool. you know genres. I mean, I never ended up getting into the actual tabletop. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's a pretty expensive hobby. Yeah, as you might imagine, there's only a few companies that even make the miniatures, and then you have to they come to you usually gray, unpainted. Uh-huh. So you have to paint them. Um, you know, you can some of them have interchangeable parts, that's, legs, arms, weapons. That's a lot. And yeah, you gotta we buy those, that paint those min- miniatures yeah. as like. A hobby, and mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's oh, yeah. a lot. There's, there's entire companies that all they do is paint, like they'll buy and paint miniatures for customers. That's you can baller. go there and buy, like, you know, a full painted army. Obviously, you're paying more, sure, sure, than just the box. But if you did want to put it together and you just wanted something, yep, you know, you get hooked up. That's awesome. So, but anyway, I've been playing the computer games, and it's been uh, quite fun to play through. That's awesome. They operate essentially the same as the tabletop as far as like you know mm-hmm. you're spending turns but it also it mixes in um not just the stra- the battle strategy which mm-hmm. is usually what you're getting in the tabletop uh it mixes the battle strategy with kind of this campaign strategy so yeah. it, so it kind of like goes between like battle um you know like like this really you know micro sense of what you're doing mm-hmm. to the campaign where you're managing you know the entire empire or all these different cities and there's all these different other factors and factions that are vying for supremacy and you it's 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 quite fun i've been having quite a good time tell sam about that because that sounds like something he would be oh yeah he would go he would get hooked on it yeah he'd be hooked on it real quick we'd have to prime on his phone oh yeah (laughs) then he, he would absolutely love it they uh uh the company that makes it so it's a part of the total war series and this is made by creative assembly and creative assemblies made many many games Mm -hmm. um but most of their games have been historical so some of their other titles were like uh medieval total war rome total war rome 2 total war uh you know you know every just various different points in history Mm -hmm. uh you know most of them are pretty good there's a few few uh few duds in there i think (laughs) but most of them are pretty good and this was their first foray uh about gosh like six years ago they released the first game in the in a trilogy of games and the third one just came out about a month ago nice so 
it's been it's been quite fun getting to see kind of how the final act is going to play out after all this time. Yeah, taking up a, a little bit of your time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, too much, too much time. I was actually I remember yeah. looking at my time played for the second game in the series Oof. and. Do you want to guess how many hours I put into it? Um, like, is it total? Total hours. Twenty-one. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 Not no, even no. Close. One hundred and twenty-one. It's like eight hundred. What? <laughs> how, well, how long does it take? Yeah. So the thing is that the game is you know replayable, so it's counting all your different hours you're playing both battle and in the campaign um (laughs) but but you can play as as all the different factions so that's where the replayability comes in so you can play as all these different factions that are all kind of a little bit different from each other and play a little differently i guess i should have asked how long have you been oh that's over like three years probably oh that's reasonable compared to like i got it three months ago (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know and I I've mean? spent every waking hour. Yes, well, at because the computer. as soon as I said that, I was like, "Well, bitch, you're bad at math, so you don't know how many." You can't add that up in your yeah. head very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so at least it hasn't been three months. Oh, it's been like three years. That's a lot of time dedicated to a hobby, though. <laughs> like that's yeah. a shit ton of time. Yeah, it's a shit ton of time. It's a shit ton of time. But you know, when you're doing, you probably when you're don't even have that it. in fucking podcast shit. You know what I mean? Well, not yet. <laughs> not, not yet. yet. Well, not yet. We'll, we'll mark. See. I'll mark the occasion, and we can have a, yes. a, a, a you know another, GTS four thousand. Yeah, four thousand. <laughs> uh, We're gonna be in the future too. Yeah. We'll just be heads. We hit our stride in the thousands. In episodes. the thousands. <laughs> <laughs> if i still have three people listening at a thousand episodes i'll still probably do it you know what i mean dude yeah from, just for from, those three. from your bed and just make it yes. episodes it's just live now and then i put up the recordings i have a patreon that's like partially mm-hmm. an only fans <laughs> i speaking of only fans i made a joke and i was reminded of it but I was talking to Sam before I had surgery, and I was like, hey, I could totally do like an OnlyFans thing while I'm healing in bed. He's like, you can't do anything. And I said, that's not the point. Like, I don't have to do anything. I'm going to call it Lazy Susan's channel. Lazy Susan. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I was reminded of it the other day, and I was like, fuck, I completely forgot about Lazy Susan. Oh, well, we got to trademark that. Yes, I'll bring her out of... Pre-retirement? I don't know. Pre-retirement, Lazy Susan's rolling out. Yes, Lazy Susan, we're going to roll her out. Oh, my God. That's fucking (laughs) hilarious. Uh, Have you... uh have you watched anything good so, as of late? So, uh... Read anything? Allison and I, we've been watching, um... Uh... Slowly re-watching the Fast and the Furious movies. And we got we got through the first three... Uh, or was it three? Yeah. yeah, Fast and the Furious, Fast and the Furious two, and then Tokyo Drift. Yeah, Baller. Tokyo Drift is always like a so like good. a trip up. Um, so good. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's it's it. There, it's good bad. The acting was real interesting back in so the day. Bad. Back so in the day. bad. I was I was I've, I've told a few people, but there's a uh, there's a scene I th- I th- I can't I think it's in Fast and the Furious two. Mm-hmm. 
It could be in the first one, but I think it's in the second one. Uh, there's a scene where Paul Walker is uh, is like walking to uh, he's walking into a house. I think Toretto's house, mm-hmm. Vin Diesel's house in the in the show, and he like walks up, hugs someone, and then says, "Hey, I'm gonna go in and get some sleep." And that's like the it's like a minute and a half thing. It's just him walking yes. up from the street up the all the way yes. up the driveway, saying like hugging someone, saying that, and then walking inside, and then it's like <laughs> fades to black. <laughs> and I just thought, what type of uh, we thought this was good, right? This like, good what then? an intense smolder walk. Yeah, maybe it was put in there post <laughs> death, so we have a little bit more Paul Walker. You know what I mean? Just a little uh, bit yeah, more Paul Walker. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it very much could have been a deleted scene. I, I, sure. I feel like there are times when I watch movies now where Bro, sometimes yes. I just see things and I'm just like, was that? That didn't I happen. Don't, I, I know. I know. I, I saw. A, movie in theaters like five years ago but did this scene yes. really happen yes did i really not see this um you know totally. it's, and it's not necessarily something always that important but we the goal has been for us for allison and i to rewatch that entire series and then we want to rewatch uh, all of the spider-man movies because yeah. we never actually watched uh any of the andrew garfield uh, Spider-Man's. I think those are the amazing yeah. Spider-Man one and uh-huh. two. The one with um, Emma Stone and yeah, whatnot. Emma Stone. Yep. Uh, I don't think we ever watched those, or if I did, it was just very patchy. Mm. Don't remember them at all. Yeah, I but don't we think wanted that to, I watched those ones. Yeah, we wanted to watch all of those and all the Tom Holland ones. I've watched uh, all the Tom Holland in ones in preparation for watching the new one. I can't it, wait. It I came out a couple it. weeks ago. Yes, and somehow I've avoided uh, basically uh, most of the spoilers. I think. Nice. I, I mean, it, this has been uh, it's been quite the it was quite the task, you know, because sometimes. Uh, you know, with Game of Thrones, I just got used to uh, figuring out ways around. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like I'm scrolling down the page, like we're taking it slow for on mm-hmm. Facebook. And then you you're know, like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, right. for, or YouTube. And it, like they suggest you a video. It's like, oh, the ending of Game of Thrones season eight. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like slapping it out of my hand, own hand. <laughs> I <laughs> just love like it. clapping it out of my own hand. See, and uh, I'm the person that I'm like giving the spoilers because I'm not going to remember a when I get there and yeah. B, I'm probably gonna stop watching it in the middle because that's just take, what I take do. A break. Yeah. I intermission. Mm-hmm, I find something else and chase that dopamine trail for a while. So whatever. whatever but yeah, does, yeah, with fucking game of Thrones, I was like, good. And then I just kind of moved glad on. Glad you're fucking dead. Yes. I'm glad it's <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah. I was one of those people that, was lost i think it was season six i don't think it was all the way to seven but whenever sansa had, was assaulted uh, in yep. the, her fucking yep, chambers by what's his dick five or six, something yeah like that. i fucking fell off i was like bro i'm so fucking good yep. like i just i as someone a trigger warning i guess as someone who has been assaulted and assaulted multiple times like i don't need you to show that to me Cause like I already have a real fucking great idea of it. Like oh yeah, the trauma is still fresh in your mind. Yeah, for sure. And I other people. I mean, not just women are assaulted, but other people. We can just do with an inference of it. Like you can just like, hey, guess what? I'm about to. Okay, yeah, thanks. We get it. Yeah. Like that was pretty. Com- I still common now, but yeah. it was way more common. Yeah. Than and I remember at the time when that when that scene happened. I remember part of the outcry was that, or 
the response to the to the initial yeah. outcry from the creators, I think, or maybe it was the director of that mm-hmm. of that particular episode, was to like showcase uh, Ramsey Bolton. Uh, his like insanity and depravity yeah he's but, fucking awful yeah but uh, get it. you know yeah but totally i mean it, it was just kind of like taking him even lower and he was already pretty low because if you watch the uh, yeah. show like, he does some crazy stuff crazy Real shit evil shit mm-hmm. and you know them them showing that it just like you said it just felt like unnecessary yeah i i don't know i can fucking deal with the gore and the fucking i you know depravity and and shit yeah and i mean even with you know horror and like that type of genre like i'm totally fine with all that but like boy in the mid i was in the middle of watching straw dogs one time and was like i have to leave (laughs) but like i it was just so much and too much. Yeah. The same thing happened with fucking mystery men. Not mystery men. Fuck. Never mystery men. Oh, uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Watchmen. Watchmen. When what's his, the comic, the comedian, I think, mm-hmm. when he assaults what's her yes. face. And I'm just like, OK, that's enough. And to be honest, I ha- I did not watch that one all the way through because I was like, that's enough. You can fucking fast forward. So I don't know how like in depth they got, but it yeah. was uncomfortable enough for me. Yeah. And I just I don't know. It's just not my fucking speed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can do Absolutely. without it. I get it. You can suggest it and then move on. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I forgot. Brought us there. Because I just talk. Hmm. I don't know. Fast and Furious movies. Yep, so we've been watching, uh, re-watching those, <laughs> and we got all the way to Fast and Furious 4, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not on any streaming service. You have to go freaking rent it. And no. I was just like, mother. We're not and renting this. I'm just like, I don't, wanna, I don't know if I, it's worth like $4. Maybe it's I, worth $4. I don't know. I feel uh, that. I mean, for the amount of time, but... Uh, but they didn't we'll have the, they didn't have the fourth one and they didn't have I think like the seventh one. It's re- so it, what's, random. What's, it's so random because with the reason we even started rewatching them is because uh, HBO uploaded like apparently like six, five or six of them, um, all at about the same time, including the new one, Fast mm-hmm, Nine, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, we were, I was just like, man, I really want to watch that. But also I feel like I can't really remember what even happened in the other ones. Yeah. I mean, I vaguely Been remember. Forever. Yeah. I think, I think Fast and Furious 4, that's the one with Vin Diesel and, uh, where, when he first comes in. But and who? Vin Diesel, or sorry, not Vin Diesel. I was oh like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. The main character <laughs> who is, who is. <laughs> who's in every single yeah. show. Yeah, he, he finally showed up He's in there. the fourth or fifth movie. Do you mean The Rock? <laughs> yes, The Rock. <laughs> yes, I, they're the same. They're the same. Yeah, they, they exude oh, similar fuck. energy. Yeah, they sure do. They sure do. Oh, my God. They're big, big dudes. Like That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, shit. But that's, that's pretty funny. much what's been going on with me. Right on, right on. Anything going on with you? Oh, um... Like I mentioned on our last episode, I got a new job. Yes. Um, when I figure out what I do, I'll let everybody know. Yeah, it's going to be a mystery yeah. for everyone, including yourself. Yes. Uh, every day is a mystery every yeah. time I go in and I'm like, um, 
Okay, okay I guess well, I don't know what I'm really... Thank you for the hieroglyphics lesson. I will be back Literally? tomorrow. Literally, it's like hieroglyphics, and <laughs> yeah. that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of new jobs are like that, especially when yeah. you get into the shipping industry like that. Yeah. Uh, you know. Oh, yeah, I left the hair industry just... as of right now. Um, I just, I can't. My body, I'm having trouble with my back again, but in a different place, and I'm just, I'm not about that life, so... But yeah, shipping and inventory and just all of the behind the scenes. Uh, I've dealt with a lot of like inventory management mm-hmm. before, right. um, but I'll also be doing uh, social media uh, managing and digital marketing and things like that. Uh, trying to attract new customers and whatnot. Wow. That's yeah. that's really nice because it seems like there's a lot in that position that you can grow into. You know, I a lot of different directions agree. that you could potentially yeah. take it. Yeah. And you know, really uh, uh, display your creativity as oh, you as you well, go. Thanks. Um, but yeah, the terminology that's going to be a tough one. It's killer to, to get under your belt at first. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm brain I, scrambled. Yeah. Yeah. Working overtime. That Vivance is working overtime <laughs> during those eight hours. Yeah. I the be, the best advice I would give anyone starting a new job is just try to get as much sleep as possible. I mm-hmm. at, at the beginning of any new job, like if you get enough sleep, I feel like that helps with the just the retention, the stress, you know. Bro. Just kind of unconsciously. I laid in bed for four hours. The night before I like started started this new job, um, I uh, am prescribed Xanax, so don't fucking come at me. But I uh, took two because after an hour of laying in bed, the one that I took at night with two Benadryls didn't do anything. And I was still wide awake. I wasn't even scrolling TikTok. Like I didn't do anything. I laid there and I was just like, nope. And then, then I cried about Rocky because I had a memory of Rocky and then it was like, meh and was sad. But so then I got tears in my ears. And so I had to get up out of bed because then I was mad. Oh Yeah. Then you got to get up. Yeah. Yeah. So then I got up. I hung out with Mick for a second and then I Sam ha, Sam and I have his mine and our rooms so I went into my room <laughs> and laid down uh because we have a bed in every room because you know yeah why not we, all of our children why not wow um, you have beds in your bedroom I know Weird. in every single one of them but like who the fuck needs three bed there's two people but anywho well, you know whenever you gotta put it put in some shifts at the other bed <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god um but yeah i came in and laid down and it was like 3 30 before i went to sleep and then sam gets up at the ass crack of dawn so he came in and was like hey blah 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 i'm like yeah awesome i need to get up and get ready for my first day at this job so like three o'clock mm-hmm. hits and i'm trying so i so hard to stifle yawns because i'm like mm-hmm. no i'm fine i'm fine yeah I'm every good. and every uh, that's happening every three minutes yes yeah. literally every three minutes and i was like slap snap out of it mm-hmm. you gotta get out of it but yeah. uh the job's great um uh it's moving right along i Everyone's really nice. They've told me that I uh, have picked up things in the past two days more than people who have been there in like 
for three months. So I asked them if that was actually possible. And they were like, unfortunately, yeah, it totally is. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that sucks. But right on. I'm glad that I'm above average. Yeah. I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it right now. I'm like, keep being nice to me. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, I'm trying to think. So I haven't had much I because I, I worked I worked last week, worked a lot at Dry Bar and then yeah, new job. Um we've been watching Will and Grace in the background. Mm-hmm. I have never watched it all the way through. Um I might be tattling on Sam, but Sam has watched it multiple times. Fucking loves it. Um Karen is the best person on this planet. She's so funny. Megan Mullally's character. Fuck, she's so funny. Grace Adler is one of the most annoying characters <laughs> on this fucking planet. She pulls it off, huh? Oh, my God. She does it really well. But it's it's been cute in the background. But other than that, um, I, like, I'm pretty lame as of the last few weeks. Um, oh, my correction. I can't not get this. So our last episode, the Dino Show, I referenced a podcast and I called them every name but the correct fucking name. And I want to apologize. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the podcast that I was referencing was the Archaeology Show. And I fucking said the Archaeologist <laughs> podcast, the Archaeologist. <laughs> show like yeah any name other than just archaeology and show yeah Yeah. yep anything else so i am so sorry my dudes you guys are wonderful and great thank you so much for a wonderful episode and the information and i'm so sorry that i butchered your fucking name that's awful i probably shouldn't say fucking when i'm apologizing to people that uh other there you fucking go (laughs) there you fucking go other than that uh that's all I got. So, Mal, did you uh, bring us some shit this week? Oh, boy. I have about mm-hmm. 10 shitloads of shit. Yes. So, <laughs> all right. Drop them off. So, so today I wanted to talk about a gentleman Ooh. by the name of Robert Fortune. Robert He's Fortune. He's a botanist, a traveler, a plant hunter, and a tea thief. And a tea yeah, thief. Yeah. Well, let's get so, so about five to six years ago, I listened to a podcast about this gentleman. And I remember being so enthralled by kind of his his, you know, initial voyages. So he uh you know, he's one of the the of the plant hunters, the tea thief, yeah, like I said. Yeah. So he's, you know, gathering tea for the British Empire. Mm-hmm. You know, we're stealing it from China, we're taking it to India, and you know, that's the, you know, the, the, spice the impetus of the story. Yeah. And you know, I, I was just so interested cuz so many things happen on his on his voyage here, and I just wanted to uh yes. to chat with you about him and talk about him. Now, Maybe. before I get started with him, I got a question for you. Oh, okay. So uh so what are your thoughts, Cassie, on tea? And do you drink it? Uh, I absolutely love tea. I have a, I actually have like a rack of tea, like a rack dedicated to just that. 
Um, I have an electric kettle and a French press. I have multiple loose leaf teas. I make my own tea. I grow my own herbs and dry them and add them or just use them for my own tea. So um, I'm, I'm a tea freak. A tea freak. Yeah. Well, that... Total tea. Then you are in luck because we're, <laughs> we're going to chat about some tea. Fuck yeah. Tea thievery here. Ooh, I love it. Uh, Give me the tea, Mal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On so, the tea. So the age of exploration... You know, 1500s, 1600s, it's a really important time, mm-hmm, uh, you know, for mm-hmm. trading, expansion, colonial expansion. Uh, you know, tea becomes really propagated by the Portuguese and Dutch priests that are able to reach uh, mm-hmm. the Far East over in China. Uh, it became a really hot commodity, obviously, in, in England, Britain. Uh, you know, and and as you may know, there's also this uh, this popular thing that happened called the Boston Tea Party. Yes. So you know, it's so it was so important back in those days that you know, just throwing it you know away was a big deal. So I have like a terrible admi- admission. When I was in fifth grade, we were testing on state capitals and all of that shit, and I was sitting there, and I got to Massachusetts, and I'm just sitting there and racking my poor little fifth year old fifth year old fifth grade year old brain and uh, one of the dudes across from me sees me struggling and he's like like what state and i was like massachusetts Massachusetts." and he was like tea party and i was like what i don't want to have a tea party with you yeah i was like what are you talking about a tea party he's like the fucking tea, tea party. party and i couldn't hear boston all i kept hearing was tea party <laughs> and then i finally go what and my teacher comes over removes my test removes me from class uh, all of it and i was like jokes on you i have an iep and i shouldn't have even been in here mm-hmm. taking this test but yeah that was the first time i attempted to cheat <laughs> <laughs> well uh you're in good company because the British East India Company also enjoyed cheating. Perfect. So, so, so as we approach the 1800s, uh, you know, the East India Company has been, uh, you know, working on slowly getting a monopoly on as many products as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of those is tea. Uh, you know, they ideally wanted agents to sneak into china to steal the tea plants because tea is predominantly native to china so so china had 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 a monopoly on the tea they do love me some oolong yeah and outside of uh a place uh ports like hong kong Mm -hmm. which remained in british control for a while uh oh yeah they they really only have uh you know areas in india which india is significantly settled by the british and oh my god mm -hmm. Fucking yep. white people. Yep. I knew that, but like I didn't connect it, I guess. Yeah. They, Damn. Yeah, Inserting and, themselves and, everywhere. Yep. And and kind of the long lasting legacy is uh, uh, the tea plants that get planted on the slopes of the Himalaya, the lower Himalayas mm-hmm. in India. You know, that's where uh, Darjeeling tea comes from. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that name before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a champagne of teas. Yeah, it is. <laughs> supposedly a delicious black tea. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's well known to be the best tasting and most aromatic in the world. Mm. So it's been in like books that I've read. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's not uncommon that you haven't he- heard of it. I've never in even animes. seen it in the store. <laughs> Um, no. it, could, it could be that it's like named under something else because whenever you're walking through the like the tea in the coffee aisle and yes. looking around and it's just like oh, all these colorful 
pictures. Bro, sometimes I don't even like look at the ingredients. I'm like, I love that tiger. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how it can be when you're uh, picking out beer, too, when you're looking for craft beer. Uh, well, everything that has a fun fucking label is an IPA, and that's fucking disgusting. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you drink it, go to therapy. You just you just got to keep drinking it. <laughs> no. That's the problem. Absolutely just not. Drinking. I won't. When, <laughs> when, you, when you look at an IPA and you say, this looks disgusting, it smells disgusting, it also tastes disgusting. Uh, just drink it. Just drink it. You know, just do the, do the, drink do the logic, logical thing and acquire the taste. Just chug it. Don't be a bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'll, right. you'll just roll your tongue around. Well, no, then you have to be around the next time I chug IPA because you got to listen to me complain about it the whole fucking time because no one else is gonna. Perfect. So back on topic. On we were, chat- we were chatting about uh, Robert Fortune. Yes. So, early life of Robert Fortune, he's uh, born in Kellow, Berwickshire, uh, which is a place, I believe, in southern Scotland. Wow, okay. Kind of where Scotland and England meet. Uh, born September 16th, 1812. Uh, we, know, we know that he worked at a place called Morden House in Edinburgh, also known as, I think they call it Edinburgh, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Edinburgh. Yeah. Not, not exactly sure. I feel sure like you hit all of the pronunciations pronunciations maybe i'll just change i'll just change it every time i love it go Um, with the theme so he worked he worked at a at the morden house which was a like a botanical garden Uh uh in in edinburgh in his 20s and moved on from there to work at the royal botanic gardens oh my god yeah in the 1830s robert fortune marries a lady by the name of jane penny she's a uh a very spicy uh, <laughs> Scotswoman. Oh, I and, love it. And and he, uh, you know, he be- she becomes really important in his life because she maintains their own botanical garden at their house, in addition to uh, maintaining his finances. When oh, when Robert Fortune starts to travel from you know London to mm-hmm. uh, to Ch- uh, to China, he's he leaves his affairs in, with his wife. Sure, and she just she takes care of that shit i love it and she also sends him uh magazines and newspapers while he's overseas because he's unable to actually get them that's a good weave because he's away years at a time and i mean at this time science is changing constantly oh my god yeah like guys are fucking germs uh, did you know we can't just do autopsies and come deliver babies? Yeah. Like, and then eat yeah. our dinner? Yes. What? Uh, literally. Uh. Yeah. So, so all that's happening at this time. Uh, Robert and Jane end up having three children, although one passes at a young oh. age, unfortunately, due to an illness. Uh, little is really known about Robert Fortune's early life. What's interesting okay. is that he takes absurdly meticulous notes. Of oh. of the plant life that he finds, of he takes great care of all the plants that he that he finds. He he dry presses some to bring them back. He's, Amazing. He he keeps a lot of notes in in the in the realm of science, but when it comes to his actual personal life, it's quite light. Now I did I I, I do kind of remember there being this idea at that time, you know, in the science community. Uh, don't remember where I read this, but it was it was kind of this, this fear that uh, you know you had to maintain a, a squeaky clean reputation if you weren't oh. already a wealthy scientist, sure, or born into a wealthy family because mm-hmm. people could just find out information on you and then they'll just blackmail you and you're screwed. And, yeah, yeah, and 
yeah, back then there's no way you can disprove uh, or fight it. Both disprove or fight, especially if they have more money against these claims. And then there's also the issue of being able to afford to travel to somewhere else, like another country potentially, to, you know, uh, reinvigorate your reputation. (laughs) To run away? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, So 1840, he and his wife moved to London to work uh, at the Hort... At the Hort... (laughs) 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 at the horticultural society garden that horticultural all right the hoity-toity horticultural um uh, but before we continue i want to uh to chat about kind of the context that's going on at this time as it relates to britain and china um because robert fortune in the 1840s is going to be joining the british east india company so in in eighteen so so just you know broader world events, I remember to charge him. Yeah, uh, in eighteen forty two, something called the Treaty of Nanking is signed, which I've heard ends of this. the Opium Wars between the British Empire yes! and the Qing Dynasty in China. Yes, now, yes. The Opium Wars uh, was caused by British growing opium in India and then shipping it to China where it was made illegal by mm-hmm, the government. So they're mm-hmm. so they're kind of, you know, feeding illegal drugs, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which still continues to this day. Weird. Most uh, governments, yeah. uh, weird, they weird don't look thing so about kindly. drugs, they don't stop existing. I, yeah, they don't look kindly upon it, but then they fucking do it. Bill Clinton. Yeah, and 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 one of the reasons one of the reasons that the British did this is because there was a huge trade deficit with China because okay. of the demand for Chinese tea. Gotcha. Chinese tea, uh, you know, it's obviously the best in the world. Um, the British have tried to grow their own tea by the 1840s in India, failed. Boom. Um, utter failures. Uh, there was a huge lack of demand sure. between. Uh, uh, the uh, sorry, lack of demand from the Chinese for European goods. Sure, but there was this huge demand for Chinese goods in the European market, mm-hmm. so it creates this trade deficit. And you know the the British kind of engage this economic tit for tat war. Uh, you know, yep. with, the, with the opium sounds familiar. So the opium war ends, and the Qing Dynasty uh, ends up giving Hong Kong to the British. So they fully owned that. It's Hong Kong's not. I don't think it's an island. I think it's like a like a peninsula, or okay. or an, maybe an isthmus. I don't. Yeah, know. maybe an isthmus. I don't, Three sides. Yeah, I think that's a peninsula or an isthmus. One of those. Okay. But uh, anyway, they they take control of that. I should know this. And, I did a fucking episode on it. And they uh, basically turn it into their own trading outpost. Uh. And in addition to taking Hong Kong. It also forced the Chinese to open all of their ports to British fleets, British trade fleets, Uh, you know, which which gave access to parts of China that they hadn't been before, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, which enabled the British to really start to enact their long term plan of tea domination. Oh no! So the plan that the uh, the British East India Company had was three steps. First, phase one. Step the first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where they're going to smuggle saplings and seeds out of China to British-controlled lands, <laughs> while simultaneously learning tea manufacturing secrets. Oh. 
Step two, grow smuggled tea saplings in India under the oversight of the East India Company and establish a tea manufacturing uh, base in India. Check. And then uh, step the third, dominate the trade, dominate the tea trade by outcompeting Chinese Kick producers. China's tea loving ass. Okay. All right, Great Britain. So, so now that we kind of have the context of what was happening in China at the time, uh, you know, we'll kind of get to the prelude. Okay. Get royally voyage. dicked over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> uh, 1843 comes around, and this is going to begin 18 full years of travel for, for Robert Fortune. 18. Mm-hmm. Years of travel, plant procurement. Uh, now, now, before... Uh, the voyage that we're going to talk about takes place in mm-hmm. 1848. Okay. And he receives his uh, his kind of orders from the East India Company uh, around 1843, 1845. So it takes a couple years to get the everything ready, sure. as, as, as you might imagine back in those days. Um, it just takes longer God, to, yeah. to get the logistics going. And uh, between 1843 and 1848, he goes on a couple of little voyages. Okay. To China, but he never gets further than the than the ports. He never gets further than the port cities. Oh, I got He never yeah. actually gets to the inland where the tea is sure. actually grown, where the tea factories lie. Mm. He doesn't. He hasn't. Where he hasn't he been there the yet. Goods. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't got the goods yet. Um, now he uh, he gets hired by the British East India Company for the price of five hundred pounds, five times his yearly salary at the Horticultural Society. Holy shit! Yeah. And, you know, no doubt the financial incentive was really strong for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also as a botanist, I, I would think like the opportunity yeah. to see something new in a scientific light for the first time exotic that people haven't plants. seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exotic plants had to be really tantalizing. Yeah. And the also tantalizing was probably the fact that the British East India Company's contract with him only uh, made him hand over tea plants and like tea seeds. Oh, like that's shit. What, that's what he was contracted for. So anything else that he found <gasps> could be kind of published, uh, kept for himself, or sold for himself. Uh, wow. You know, at his own discretion. So he had the. So even if he he wasn't able to like get tea necessarily, there's a chance he could like find yeah, cool fuck ass, the tea, some cool ass flowers. Yes, um, yeah, because uh, fucking bamboo, like yeah. uh, well, so many things. Well, the rose, like the rose that we know today, the the red rose, uh-huh. like the like the fragrance and its color comes from this blending, uh, this hybrid of a European rose. And a Chinese rose. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. And then that's the modern rose we have today. (laughs) We needed a sound effect for like (laughs) when you just drop fucking knowledge. You're like, fuck you. You had no idea. Yeah. Uh, That's amazing. I truly had no idea. Yeah. So so he's got a potential to really earn a lot of money here. The, uh, The plants... Plants at the time are a main fixture in British auctions. Absolutely. You go to an auction house, you're going to see some plants. Ficus? Ficus, anyone? <laughs> Among his, uh, you know, horticultural skills and botanical skills, uh, Fortune was also very well versed in utilizing the a new invention that had been invented uh, a few years before called a Wardian cage or a ward cage. Ward, Wardian. Wardian cage. It's W-A-R-D-I-A-N. 
but I'm just going to call them word cages. Love it. Going forward. Uh, so these are glass terrariums. Oh, motherfucker. I know exactly what those are. Yeah, man. You've seen them. Oh, my God. Watch, yeah, Beauty watch, and the Beast. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. That's what the rose sits in. And, yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's like that. The, now, the, now the, terrari- the, 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 the cases, things. terrariums that he's making here are more complex. Sure. Um, obviously. Sure more more uh more thought has to go into it but but these these terrariums essentially are created so that they can bring plants over because yes. the problem yes. they have is you you put up you you go to china you get a plant you put it on the ship where the fuck do you put it on the ship you put it down below deck yep. uh it dies from no sunlight yep fucking screwed wasted your time wasted your money and if you put it on the top on on, on the top of the deck, mm-hmm. it's gonna get potentially blasted by sea spray, which yep. is salty. Which most plants Turbo. are not a fan of salt. Correct. Uh, you know, especially like flowers and you know things like yeah. tea trees. Like they they can be sensitive, especially when they're used to like mountainous, higher altitude climbs oh, yeah. where there's Glorious. no like you know there's there's no risk of sea yeah, you know, perfect sea, conditions sea salt or anything mm-hmm. like that getting into them. Uh, you know, so so his his ability to utilize those becomes really important. That's amazing for this. Now, the East India gives him the orders, the following orders: quote, uh, besides a collection of tea plants and seeds from the best localities uh, for transmission to India, it will be our duty, your duty, to avail yourself of every opportunity of acquiring information as to the cultivation of the tea plant and in the manufacture of tea as practiced by the Chinese and on all other points with which it may be desirable. So he's basically been given uh, the expectation to steal the tea samples (laughs) of one of the most economically valuable plants in history, keep them healthy, uh, and then arrange a successful transplant in another country. Yeah, not only do you have to yeah. like get it, deliver I, it. I cannot. You got to make it survive. Just, just, just uh, reading through one of the books that I was, I was reading for this, uh, you know, as prep for, for our talk today. I can only imagine like the stress he had of being just sure. out of control. You know, it's like I'm just gonna put this in a case, put it on a ship, and I hope it lives. Yeah. or I'm screwed. We hope because, so. You know, because you know, as we'll get to, like, there's significant time investments as well as you know, money that you're investing to get to some of these places in inland China. You know, they're not easy to get to. There's no roads. There's no railroads. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, no. can you travel up it by boat or your ass 110% is 110% effort. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and and even when you get to the mountainous parts, you have to get off the ship and climb one of the one of their mountains, you know. China's yeah. got a lot of mountains inland. Um, yeah. I couldn't imagine. Um, I feel like that's more than just one job. Like one person's job, if that makes sense. It's... Many tasks that he's been exactly asked he's, to do. Yes, and what's important? <laughs> I think what's important, you know, when you're given a task like that, especially, especially back then, mm. you know, I mean, it's so hard for me to even imagine with how connected we are with everything now. Uh, yeah, the thought of uh, needing to plan ahead, like uh, months and months, potentially a year absolutely. ahead. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it seems really daunting, and because you have to think all these different things that could happen. On on the route, you know. I mean, you imagine now logistics. You know, you've got like four points. You know, the origin to Mm -hmm. the port, from the port 
to the destination city, from the destination city to the customer. Yeah. You know, we've already got, we've, it's already touching like four or five hands there, four or five points. And back then it would have been even worse. And it would have been even worse because you could have just got a, a, a dickhead captain who's like, oh yeah, I know, uh, I know we needed to go. Uh, you know, from China to India, but I decided to make a stop in in Taiwan yeah. for a month. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, cool. Well, these plants are just sitting in a case. Yeah, thanks. And you you die. Like that yeah. was so fucking you just, likely. You just die. You just and, and that's dead. And that's, and that's what's happened. You know, even even with these ward cases, uh, they're they still struggle to sure. to make it so his his task is pretty immense now his actual t his Damn. first like major t heist voyage begins the in heist. Eight- <laughs> yeah and that was the that was the note i put on here the i love tea it heist. i love I was, it i was like man this i feel like this could be a pretty cool movie like get get uh get like henry cavill in here oh my god uh, yes you know, I, th- I, think, I think something could be done oh i'd watch it yeah uh, so his first voyage occurs in 1848. Uh, it's intended to uh, 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 to reach China. He reaches Hong- intended. <laughs> he reaches Hong Kong first. He's immediately surprised because the last time he was there a few years ago, it was just a bunch of huts on on the on the area, oh, and yeah? it's a full on trading outpost now. So oh, the shit. British have invested and built it the fuck up. Oh my god! Yeah, which which, so which Hong Kong has a, which Hong Kong also has a deep water port. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's like also why it's it's really important. It's banging. Uh, so from Hong Kong, he takes a ship up the coast. By the way, uh, you know, as far as your reference point, Hong Kong is like very south in China. I literally was about and to Google we're China. We're going to be traveling up the curve of China and end up at Shanghai. Shanghai is pretty north in China. I think it's kind of level with Korea, South Korea. And then if you if you're wondering like where Beijing's at, Beijing's is further north of Shanghai, but it's actually inland. It's not on the uh on the coast. Shanghai is actually oh, okay. on I the coast. It. Uh, in Shanghai, you know, it, it becomes you know quite the bustling port itself. Once oh it wow, yeah, open that's after the real up there. Wars. Yeah, yeah. So they, so they, so you know, they're things are constantly changing. They're getting access to areas they haven't been before. Hong Kong's a peninsula. You were right. Oh, peninsula. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Uh, Fortune decides to hire a crew. He assembles a series of word cages and looks for guides that could take him inland to see where the tea might be located. Now, he doesn't have a lot of information on the actual inland of China. Sure. Um, the locals aren't exactly very trusting, trusting and forthcoming <laughs> after they lose a war and then have to basically, uh, you know, get, like, screwed on trade. Really fucked, yeah. Uh, Their major uh, export. You know, but, you know, the, the thing that he really has going for him is that he's basically got unlimited funds from the East India company. So oh he's, he's, he, he can basically bankroll anything, anything he needs. He's going to get it. Could you imagine? Oh yeah. I mean, we're staying in, in hotels, you Absolutely. Know, five stars, surfing turf every night, bottles every night. of wine every night. Thanks. East India company. So, <laughs> uh, so, you know, so in order to, 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 to get inland and steal these samples, he has to woo, the some of these locals he needs he needs a guide he needs someone to help him he needs ideally someone who can interpret oh my god yeah <laughs> that's a big that's a big uh big mess he ends up settling on two locals one is by the name of cooley 
Uh, and he he's kind of good at finding the tea as they go along on their voyage. Okay. Uh, but he's a really poor communicator. He he okay. actually barely speaks the uh, the dialect of Chinese at the time. Wow. And then the other is a is Wong. He's a middle class uh, guy uh, from in, inland China. Okay. He's kind of like a second son, and he basically moved like he goes to Shanghai to kind of better himself and make a fortune. Gotcha. Forden primarily chose Wong because he spoke some English. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so he was able to use a mixture of of English and Chinese, uh, okay. you know, to for him and Fortune to communicate because Fortune also knew a little bit of Chinese. Sure. So he was actually able to kind of hold somewhat of a conversation with him and, That's what's and up. get him to to ask the questions that he's looking for. Sam, after a few drinks in the Dominican Republic with our bartender, boy, that bartender entertained Sam yeah. with his limited vocabulary of yeah. Spanish, is but made him a, feel... Hmm. Is that called like pi- pigeon? Pigeon language? Pigeon? Pig Latin? No, I feel like there's. I feel like there's a. There's term, a different name. Yeah. A term when you're like trying to speak another language and you're like mixing the, the oh, languages together. Got it. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Okay. Hmm. I'll have to look that up. Hmm. So, so anyway, Fortune had to take a lot of care with who he trusted on this journey. Uh, the countrysides of China after the Opium Wars had devolved quite a bit because of the mm-hmm. faith in the government it fell. Sure. So in the in the rural areas, is like you know if you're a Westerner and you come out there and you you dress nice. Uh, you know, they might revolt. They might, sure. they might kidnap you, ransom you. Uh, they might, yeah, they might just kill you. Forks. Um, you know, and the western, uh, or sorry, the uh, as the westerners moved into Shanghai, uh, the Chinese were moving out of, oh. of these cities. It's a, it's sure. actually interesting. Um, the uh, uh, fortune kind of says uh, he, he explains to us. He gives us a quote here. He said their chief care was to remove. With their other effects, the bodies of their deceased friends, which are interred on private property near the houses. Hence, it was uh, not uncommon to see several coffins being borne by friends westward. So as, oh as you know, the colonials are coming in, they're setting up trading outposts. They're, you know, they're, uh-huh. quote unquote, un- invading, uh, uh, colonizing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Hong Kong, Shanghai, these other port cities. The Chinese, some of the Chinese are just disgusted, and they I, they decide to move out, and and like I and with that quote I just gave you, they even took their the bodies, of their relatives, took their with dead. Them if, wow! If they if they were buried on their property, I, I good for them, sad for them. Yeah. Uh. Now now Fortune ran into the issue of finding people to hire that would boat sure. him up the rivers. Sure. He had I to resort to Wong. Basically getting a boat in his name and just saying, hey, I've got two passengers. Yes. And, don't mind us over here. And, Three and, totally normal dudes. Yeah, two totally normal. <laughs> uh, uh, he's able to get the, uh, the boat, uh, you know, taken care of by Wong. And Fortune actually has to disguise himself. Of While course he does. As a local, he has to wear kind of the the gray and bluish robes of a merchant. Mm-hmm. He has to wear one of the the rice hats or the sure. conical hats. Those are like the little straw mm-hmm. uh, hats that uh, you know look like kind of a cone. Uh, he also had to shave the front part of his head, 
So that was oh, that yeah. was that was something that you did at that time mm-hmm. uh, for the particular government that was in power. It was expected that you would that men. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure if it was like men of a certain age, sure, um, or if it was all men, but they had to shave like the front part of their head and basically give themselves like a like a rec- like receding hairline, basically. Mm-hmm. I know what um, you're talking about, and that was basically like kind of like genuflection too to the, the powers and if you didn't it was considered an act of sedition and they you could just get wow killed. um yeah it was it was very i don't know about all that it was thought of very seriously uh, i already have a forehead i don't need any anymore and the big challenge though was trying to explain robert fortune's height because he easily <gasps> stood a foot taller sure than, than most of them there oh my god yeah and they He's ended giant. up they ended up concocting a story about him being from north of the Great Wall and just being like this barbarian from from beyond the wall. Sure. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. And and there was also this this level of scope that that Fortune had in his mind as well. Uh, that that there would be so many uneducated people that they would be encountering on their travels that the Chinese wouldn't notice his foreign features. Because their country is simply so big. Oh sure. So so maybe they would just kind of discard his height as just like, well, China's China's big, you know. Well, that's, that's weird. That's, you that's, don't that's, see that. Yeah, every day. yeah, like oh, that's but, weird. But then then go on about. It. That's why he takes such great care, shaving his head, um, trying his best to blend in. Yes, the yes, robes yes. and yes. look and, like a local. Yeah, and he had to learn how to use chopsticks. He had to, he was expected to take a bath every day, which in case you don't know, in Europe, we're, we're still at the stage where we're doing baths like every week. Yeah. If you, if you're pretty lucky and in, uh, in China, it's expected of you every day. Like at least, at least, you know, like toweling, washing yourself off with a towel or something. Fucking rinse your shit. And then, uh, remembering to bow instead of shaking hands. So he's kind of trying to learn these mannerisms that are going to help him blend in. So that way things like his height aren't just immediate giveaways. Sure. Uh, like, look at this bumbling oaf yeah, guy. Yeah. Because like, like Frodo in Lord of the Rings, his mission depends on secrecy. On secrecy. Keep it secret. <laughs> Keep it safe. Keep it safe. <laughs> uh, now fortune comments uh, on needing to, you know, change his, his, um, demeanor garb oh okay uh he states quote they were willing to accompany me only stipulating that i uh, that i would discard my english costume and yeah. adopt the dress of the country uh, yeah and then when cooley's cutting his hair he, he says uh quote uh cooley did not shave he actually scraped my poor head until the <gasps> tears came running down my cheeks oh my god and i cried out with pain oh my god he dry shaved him, fucking scalped him. Yeah. Now, as the first cut's always the yeah. hardest. Now, as after the, they had the boat contracted, as they're loading up the boat, uh, Cooley accidentally uh, reveals no. Fortune's identity to the captain. What the fuck? So, so <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, Doctor. I, I, I just I enough up. to get us in trouble. Like <laughs> he knows just enough to get us in trouble. Now the captain ended up being not not that concerned about it. He uh, just here. said, Whatever. "Quote: If only you will consent to add a trifle more to the fare." Uh, oh my god yeah pay me a little bit and i'll keep my fucking mouth shut yeah, yeah you know what it's like on the seas my dude yeah, exactly and and also it's going to be like an easy trip for them all like they don't have to really do anything they just need to 
take him up the river so we can go further inland in China. Sure. Uh, so that he can pick plants, plants and flowers and stuff. Yeah. You know? I mean, it makes me wonder like what they thought of that. Like, it, yeah, like, like both, you're doing both, all both of how this. weird yeah. and uh, like, like also why, why you're doing it. Sure. You know, like, like the science, you know, like what is science? Sure. Like, Cause it's so it? common there yeah, and they yeah, have their, yeah, I really they've been around what's... for literally ever compared mm-hmm. to Great Britain. Like the time that I, China has existed as a nation or what have you, I yeah, I, I'm sure it's really commonplace for them. And they're like, I mean, I like yeah. what what do you want with them? Whatever, but why? And and like I said earlier, like some of them had kind of wisened up to the British just trying to take advantage of them. But I Good. think that there was definitely some who were kind of curious, like their curiosity kind of overrode sure. their despise sure. or their uh their bile towards towards the british um now now on along this along the boat right here up river which we're going up the yangtze okay fortune uh is uh uh, he has to follow wong's lead whenever he's around any of the shipmen Mm -hmm. this includes drinking green tea which was really difficult for 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 his english sweet tooth without any milk or sugar to add what a But just, uh, just so uh, so funny. So He's like, funny. I guess I'll just drink this herb okay. juice. Yeah, and and he said that he ends up getting getting quite the taste for it, and and ends up preferring it without sugar. Like after his. Oh my his god! I bet everyone back home was like, "The fuck!" I know. Wait, you don't put you don't put like one of these big sugar blocks. In yeah, your, in you your don't tea? want that. No milk. No yeah. nothing. No nothing. So September eighteen forty eight. Fortune's on the on a ship headed up or a boat. It's a smaller boat uh, up the Yangtze River to go inland in China. Okay. He has to get uh, thousands of tea seeds from areas of China that are really mountainous, and he has to go to the province called Anhui Province. Anhui. A N H U I. This is where green tea is found. So his first Beautiful. first order of business is we're going after that green tea, and no one since Marco Polo. Hundreds of years earlier, had been this far inland, nearly nearly two hundred miles. Two hundred, I think, it ends up three hundred. So, like two hundred to three hundred miles inland I didn't, from from like Shanghai from the coast. I didn't know that Marco Polo was a tr- real person. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he he traveled the world. We'll have to do an episode on him. I next. love it. Yeah, that's just, that's thought it was idea. just a game. <laughs> just, a, just a game you played in your pool yes in the pool uh yeah fortune states quote it was a matter of great importance to procure tea from those districts in china where the best teas were produced so the reason he yeah, was going wow. deeper inland was to get access to the best to the creme de la creme and once he realized where he needed to go he also had to figure out okay once i find the plants and get access to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what happens then? What do yeah, I what do I do? The exit strategy so, to so get Robert back Fortune, to the boat. You know, uh, takes the initiative here because uh, he has to worry about transplanting them properly. Sure. And uh, and and when he did find thriving plants, he had to make sure they lived. And otherwise, all his all his time would be for nothing. So, Fortune takes the initiative. He sends a message to the East India Company trading post in. Mm-hmm. 
Calcutta, India. Okay. I believe that's called Kolkata now, or I'm not exactly sure the pronunciation, but Calcutta is like what it was called at the time. Uh, And he sends a message to the representatives there uh, informing him of his whereabouts and how to send him messages at regular intervals on the status of his plants so that he could advise them how to tend them. Sure. Oh, sure. So he's basically trying to create this like this supply line of communication back and forth so that he can tell them like, hey, you're not giving it enough water. Needs more sunlight. Sure. Not higher enough elevation or the soil shit. For, for someone who takes such meticulous notes, it must have been really hard for him to, I for me, I'm putting my own lens on it, but it would be really hard for me to trust someone to do it the exact way that I needed them yeah, to do it. Yeah, yeah, and we'll chat about that here here in a minute. Oh, uh, shit. You know, as, we, as, we get, as we get to the plants. Uh, so October 1848. I just looked at the, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I just looked at the like port area and then the fucking river that you're talking about. Holy fucking shit. I, yeah. Like it's a long, yeah, long river. Like there's a lot of fucking. Yeah. And it's, it's snakes through like, like mountainous terrain. Yeah. Peaks and valleys. Like it goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Okay. Damn, what an adventure. Yeah. So about a month passes as they're traveling inland. Uh, October 1848, Robert Fortune and his company arrive in Huangzhou, which is uh, like, I I think that's a a city or an area Mm -hmm. uh, before you uh, get to his final destination uh, in the Anhui province. So he's about 50 to 100 miles west of Shanghai right now. Uh, It's really lush. Uh, You know, it's still mountainous. Uh, Marco Polo is quoted as having said, mm-hmm. uh, beyond dispute, the finest and noblest land in the world because of how lush this is. And there's actually Confucian poets that said, quote, above there is heaven, but on earth there is Wangzhou. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that they had such such a, you know, a deep admiration for, for their yeah. land, you know, even because, I mean, that would have easily predated them hundreds of years at least. Uh, now, the lifeblood of the area around Huangzhou is centered on tea. Uh, there's a dozen or more tea houses dotted all over the area. Mm-hmm. During one small night at, a, at during one night at a uh, at the at a small village, Robert Fortune was almost outed <gasps> when a member of his troop paid for services using a Spanish silver dollar and the innkeeper threatened to call the guards on him. Oh. The innkeeper thought he thought that the coin was actually counterfeit because no one this far inland had seen <sighs> coins like this. Oh my god. So they so these things might have been normal at the at the coast in Shanghai, sure. but once you get further inland, they have they like their their disconnect is increasing, which means they're sure. becoming more. They they have, there's a potential to become more distrusting, uh, you know, towards wow. him. Now he's able to pay him off and and get the get the get the entire situation resolved. Here you go. Yes. You don't you don't like these silver money, coins? Money. How about gold? What about these gold doubloons? <laughs> gold doubloons. <laughs> um, so they wouldn't run into too much trouble. Uh, for the remainder of this trip, uh, as they sailed sailed up the Yangtze River, mm-hmm. the mountains give way to lush rolling hills. Uh, Fortune would have been in awe, I'm sure, compared to London. 
Um, oh God! You know, cloudy yeah, and rains just, every fucking day. Yes, yes. From what I've heard, so whenever he had time while they're traveling, uh, you know, up the up the Yangtze River, he is, uh, you know, just collecting saplings, collecting seeds. He, you know, if they stop for a break, he's hopping off. He's, he's like, that tree. I see a tree on this hill over here. I'm going to go get it. Yeah, I'll be back. So he's, he's just constantly hopping off. Um, he A couple of these trees that he finds while they're traveling would actually be newly introduced trees to wow. England. Uh, the, hemp, the hemp palm tree. Uh, yeah. And the Chinese weeping cypress tree. Oh. Which is pretty cool. It looks kind of like weeping willow. A bit different. Mm. Uh, in addition to live samples, Fortune also took uh, uh, took pressed dry samples that he could take back and study. So he also wrote, like I said, meticulous notes. He wrote <laughs> just reams and reams of notes detailing what? every single environment that he entered. Like, how, how hot is this? What's wow. the humidity feel like? Is there wind? Is there not wind? What's the soil look like? You know, just every single detail. He was on top of it. Like, he, oh, wow, he took really- being a scientist incredibly seriously. Oh, that's... That's fucking incredible. Yeah, and, and, and he did that so that he, because he's not going to be able to come back. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah, we're not coming he's back like, here. He's like, well, if I forget, I can't just come back. So I've got to write everything down, which makes total sense. Sure. So November 1848, about another month passes, and they finally reach deep on the Yangtze River, deep in China, uh, a green tea factory. Oh my god. It's not Whoa. named it's not named where it's at, but yeah, it's definitely like that it seems. And Fortune gets to see firsthand the entire process of the tea making from the planting of the seed to the manufacturing of the final tea leaves. Wow. The manufacturing of the leaves went in a steady motion once the plants had matured. Leaves would be plucked from the trees, dried, cooked, or uh yeah, yeah, cooked potentially, rolled and then cooked again. Lower quality tea would be crushed up if desired. Sure. Uh, you know, and that's like the lower quality tea is usually ground up. Um, and those are going to be used mostly by the poor classes. Makes sense. You know, as you might, as you might imagine, uh, the, the entire, uh, the actual whole tea leaf, like that's mm-hmm. going to be more premium. Um, uh, households actually t- uh, had a saying, uh, a maxim arose, uh, that the first cup of tea it's for your enemies because the first cup is always like the nastiest because uh-huh. it's going to have all this, uh-huh. all the, all the leaves and everything. Oh, shit. Yes. That's hilarious. Yeah. No, no, no. I insist. This, this is for you. Higher quality tea leaves will be plucked from the topmost leaves at the end of a branch. Oh, okay. These are used to make the freshest tea. Uh, they, ha- they have the, the sweetest flavor. And create the uh, a very pleasant aroma. Now, while at this factory, Fortune notices something really odd. The the fingers of these workers uh, are picking apart tea leaves and mixing them with something that's a really strange color. I hmm. think the let me see. Give me one second. Yeah. So 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 their fingers are turning a strange color. They're turning blue. Blue. Yes. Uh, the the manager of the factory told Fortune that the workers were in fact making a substance called ferrocyanide, a substance also known as Prussian blue, a pigment oh used in God. paint. Oh my God! Bob Ross uses it all the time. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. 
And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of distrust at the time, uh, with tea from China, many in Britain think that the Chinese are just crushing up random leaves and <laughs> claiming it to be tea. <laughs> so, you know, Fortune's just curious, like, hey, why, why are tea. you, why, what's this blue shit that you're mixing together and putting on leaves? And, you know, he oh says, you know, it's the, it's the, well, it's this Prussian blue. And as he progresses further in the factory, he finds several workers preparing a yellow substance over a charcoal fire that smelled like rotten eggs. And... I was gonna. I was trying to make a joke about it being like, "Oh, it's cadmium yellow," and there. <laughs> this is the origin story of the Bob Ross paint palette. Yes, yes. But the substance was. It's a yellow substance called gypsum. Yeah. Now both ferrocyanide. Now ferrocyanide contains cyanide, so it's poisonous for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, and gypsum uh, is a broad. Is considered to be a broad spectrum poison uh, that can infect your entire nervous system. Fortune estimated that half a pound of the of this yellow uh, gypsum and the Prussian blue wow. were included in every hundred pounds of tea being prepared, which meant the average Londoner consumed uh, they consumed one pound of tea a year. So the oh, Chinese were actually God. poisoning their consumers. Oh my God! Now, now Fortune sees this and he's like, "Well, the you're." He goes to the manager and he well, says, you know, you're poisoning people, right? Like a very slow poison because it's, it's, it's yeah. obviously going to be like leaves and crushed up leaves. Sure, so sure. you're not you're getting, not gonna you're not getting like a full dose. Uh-huh. You know, it's not going to kill you overnight. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is something that's like, oh, you're just, you could be. It's the grandma yeah, poisoning grandpa over years. Steady. Yeah. And he 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 asks the the manager at the factory. He says, you know, why are you why are you making these leaves, uh, or why are you putting this? Because what they were doing is they were mixing them together to make them green, and then rubbing the green tea leaves with this green paste of ferrocyanide and gypsum Shut to make them more green. The fuck up. And he he says, you know, why are you adding this? And he and the manager just it wasn't actually malicious at all. The manager replies and says. Most consumers preferred a uniform product, so uh, because his his confusion tea. was his confusion was why why are you putting green paste on a green sure. tea leaf, uh, you know because it's green already, and uh-huh. he said well it's because it needs to be uniform they they all need to look the same, and this was yeah, they just did it because they thought people liked the colors. Oh my. Got, so it was completely unintentional. It was completely unintentional. So Robert Fortune accidentally unmasked unwitting Chinese criminality, uh, which would eventually become like irrefutable evidence in this in British society for needing to have control and monopoly of their own tea. Because I, well, yeah, we like, can't oh, trust we're them. actually being slowly poisoned. And a piece of the of the gypsum, of, uh, uh, I believe a petrified piece of that gypsum was actually brought back by fortune and it was kept in a place called the london crystal palace which is kind of like a 4-h grounds like building type deal i'm sorry um, the london crystal uh, london palace? crystal palace yeah it looked like it was like an outdoor area but it burnt down in uh, 1993 uh, so so that item would have been destroyed i they, i'm they may have rebuilt it i didn't uh didn't look into it too deeply I'm really disappointed. I was like, what the fuck? I totally have to go there and to the Poison Garden. But I was like, I can't wait to go to the fucking Crystal Palace. Fuck. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's unfortunate. It looked pretty cool, too. The, the one picture I saw of it. 
so at the end of November of 1848, Fortune reaches the Sunglow Mountains. This is after his time at the factory where he sees the manufacturing process and mm-hmm. is really able to to kind of get a hand on how they're they're, you know, taking these tea leaves from the plant, what they're doing with them before they get on the ships to be sent out overseas. So he goes to the Sunglow Mountains, also known as the Yellow Mountains. This is what's no, this place is known to be the birthplace of green tea. Okay. And it's well known that there could be entire barren mountains that have nothing on them but green tea trees. Oh my and God. as you walk around, you can actually smell the tea from the mountain winds, like Shut whipping, fuck whipping, uh, uh, you know, whisking the, the aroma off the leaves. Oh my God. Could you imagine yeah, walking I, in a place so fucking just, magical? Uh, smells so good. I, and I've looked up, if you haven't looked up pictures of it, just, just Google like yellow mountains. Uh, some of the places look pretty cool. So fortune spends the better part of two months going out in the morning He's collecting Holy tea seeds. Shit. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? Oh my god. Yep. There are mountains and clouds. Like I, it's I uh, amazing. I can't wait to put up these photos. Yeah, yeah. For real, these ones will go on Instagram. They have to. Yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> it, it it really is quite beautiful. So Fortune spends the better part of 2 months at the end of 1848 going out in the morning to collect the seeds collect the plants, and then returning in the evening to sort them out and prepare to ship them. All I think of is the Bob's Burgers episode where Bob gets a garden mm-hmm. and he puts on his son yes. hat and he's just like, yes, he's just like, la, 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 la. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I wish but I remember, I wish I remember the lyrics writing to that notes. song. Yeah, it's oh, hilarious. Right. Um, I can't, <laughs> I can't even remember it. Never mind. It's okay. We'll have to include it in post or something. <laughs> yes. Uh, so January 1849, after two months of gathering the finest tea specimens in the world at the time, Fortune returns to Shanghai during the Chinese New Year festivities. There was an abandoned textile factory that Fortune had access to. Sweet. Uh, and he was able to transplant nearly all of the tea plants he had acquired in the wild there. Wow. Uh, so he basically had like a garden inside this factory. Wow. Now he had to prepare them to go across the ocean to Calcutta, India, and then to the lower and then travel from there to the lower hills of the Himalayas where they would be grown for their, fi- their final resting place. All right. Fortune was planning to ship 13,000 young plants, holy shit, 10,000 seeds to India. He spread these across four different ships to ensure that at least something survived. Someone has which, to. Which good on you, Fortune. I don't know if mm-hmm. I would have thought of that. Smart. Yeah, smart. Uh, the plants are pretty easy. He had some custom-made ward cases created, uh, and and I'll be sure to inc- to to get a picture of one yeah, of those yeah, yeah. so that so that you can include it in the show so that the listeners can see. Uh, so he gets some of those cases uh, for the plants. They were pretty easy. He just had to wait for those to get fabricated and put together. The The seeds were much more difficult since they could easily become waterlogged during travel yeah. and rot. Because the things he, the bags, there's no plastic bags. There's no waterproof bags at the time, guys. Oh, Everything leaks. Yeah. You know, it sure do. If, don't if water it. gets on it, it's going to get in it. It fucked. You know, everything's, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to. I was like, I was, I was gonna say like paper, and I'm like, no, paper's not right. Porous. I think porous is like like the word that you're going for. uh, It absorbs moisture. Everything absorbs it. I mean, yeah, you'd have to put it in like a glass box or something. Yeah, basically, nothing's waterproof. So, 
you know, Pandora's box. Fortune <laughs> asks his Chinese gardener that he hired. Okay. The at the factory. Uh huh. He 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 asks him like, how do the Chinese move seeds from one place to another without them getting rot? And he said, uh, he told them that they used ash from burned up lice. Well, yeah, what? like like the bug. Yeah. Lice. To repel insects and keep the seeds dry. So they keep. used the ash to which would keep the seeds dry, and then the like the leftovers from the lice would repel the other insects. As a hairstylist. Ew. <laughs> oh god, we're br- I'm bringing back memories. Ew. How many you need so many lice bugs to make. Yeah. Any type of ash. It's pretty gross. They're so small. They're so small. Oh my god, how prevalent. I never I would have never survived. Yeah, so so that's what Fortune ends up doing. He, oh he he's god. never heard of it before, but he has no other he has no other solution. So he's Just, like, okay, uh, well, so they're grooming each other like monkeys to get lice. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know that or they're like pulling them off animals, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how you grow lice. A lice farmer. How do you domesticate lice? I don't know. We'd don't have know. to Ask the guy who does the uh, flea yeah, shows need, need for call, the... Yeah, uh, we need to call this guy up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the circus. Um, so once they're all ready, Fortune has to babysit his plants all the way to Hong Kong before seeing them on their own voyages Shoo. to India. So he travels Shoo. from Shanghai, you know, by uh, by boat or uh, overland until he gets to Hong Kong, southern China. <laughs> and then they hop on a boat and they're going to India. And how do you transport all that shit? That's a lot of stuff. Yep, across four different ships. So he's just he's got. A lot, oh, I'm he's sorry. Got, I meant the travel from inland oh, to yeah. the port. Like, yeah. oh my, that's yeah. a lot of he shit to he move. He didn't trust anyone, so he's just watching every single thing, instructing everyone. Oh my god, the maintaining all micro the micromanager from the, hell. The micromanager. Yeah, but in a good way. Yes, uh, for science. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess for science, but also for the British East India Company, so they can get oh, uh, filthy rich for profit. For profit, <laughs> capitalism. Capitalism. I love it. So it takes two months for them to go from Hong Kong to oh, India. Okay. Now, it normally a normal trip from Hong Kong to London, sailing around the Horn of Africa, uh-huh. the bottom of Africa, that would take two months. Holy shit! So. What ended up happening is the captain just randomly decided to take a month no. and he just takes a, a month long pit stop no. in uh, uh, in Sri Lanka. No. So. Uh, what the fuck? Yeah. So th- they're all all these ships are like together. They're a part of the same fleet, uh-huh. but they're, you know, on separate ships, obviously. Sure, sure. Under the under the, the command of the same captain. Uh, like I said, it took two months to reach their destination at Calcutta. Once they get there, only 1,000 of the 13,000 seedlings no. remained alive. And oh most God. of the survivors were covered with mold. Oh, my God. The glass cases reeked of stale rot. Ugh. Because, unfortunately, I, re- I was reading that when the glass cases got to Calcutta, the guy at the East India Company said, hey, no matter what happens... Don't open these ward cases because it's cre- the plant has created its own biosphere oh, yeah. inside this glass. And if you open it, we have to plant it right away or yeah, we fucked. bad. So, uh, well, 
a few like, like a few days later, someone didn't hear that instruction, opened the cases, and they're like, "Oh yeah, these plants look quite nice." Uh, dead in like a week. What? Yeah. Did he murder anyone? Like I, I'd. I'd fucking kill a man. Yeah. Do you he, know what I did to I know. get that? I know. And and so much of this is guesstimation, just trial and error. Sure. He's just like, okay, well, hopefully this, hopefully mixing He's lice an am- and ash will get the seedling or the seeds there. And then it's like, nope. He is an amazing, I, I don't know if problem solver is what I want, but like. Yeah. He's basically a problem solver with infinite money. It's yeah. almost a good problem to have. Yeah. Uh, or at least you've got the solution to your problem. Yeah, so I you take it. You didn't have to, you know, do do uh, anything extra. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so of the first shipment of those plants, seven percent survive. Great, great. And it's those seven percent that are eventually transported up to the lower Him- Himalayas, and they kind of become the. Uh, uh, the the heritage of the Darjeeling tea. Love it. Uh, you know, and that now they go through a lot of different because uh, Fortune makes several different voyages back and forth from Hong Kong to India, back to London. Uh, you know, over wow. the next decade, and you know, Robert Fortune is just constantly managing every step of the process. Oh my. And he's he's not able to actually live to see like the you know the the that Darjeeling strain get created. No. He dies before then. No. Um, uh, but he does like lay the found work. He actually, in addition to to the tea that he brings from China to India, he introduces over two hundred and fifty new different Holy types of plants Holy. to Britain, Australia, and the United States. Holy shit! Two hundred and fifty. He That's finds insane. that are that are all unique and different. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and and really, that's what I found most interesting about Robert Fortune was just I, his ingenuity, his willingness to kind yeah. of take this on. You know, obviously, you know, he he made money and it was for their own gain, but it's just funny the you know the issues he comes across. You know, running into uh, the yeah. the Chinese mixing poisons with tea leaves. Uh, uh, you know, who knew? Oh, it's, I can't believe it's un- unintentional. Mm-hmm, yeah. They were like, no, they customer did, wants what the did, customer wants. Yeah. Customer's always right. Oh, my God. Ugh. Poor things. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, and that's that's the story of, of our tea thief, Robert Fortune. He was, uh, you know, quite the scientist. That That's amazing. Uh, thank you so much for spilling the tea yeah. on the tea. Yeah. And one of the... One of the interesting facts that I found out, like just kind of random yeah, rainbow yeah. facts, uh, was that black tea and green tea are actually from the same plant. Are they really? Did you know that? No. I had no idea either. Yeah, they're from the same plant. It's just, uh, you know, green tea leaves are obviously picked fresh and then immediately, uh, you know, like sent for distribution and sure. such. Or, or, you know, you mix them with poison and then send them out. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, like and then does. black tea, they pluck them off and then they'll, you know, they could, they'll dry them. They may cook them in like, like kind of like a pseudo oven. Wow. And basically like that drying process oxidizes the plant. Sure. And, uh, you know, that's what makes it like flaky, uh, you know, gotcha. frail and flaky. And, but it brings out a, a more bitter flavor. Black teas. I, I definitely have to dress that yeah. up. Yeah. They, they are crisp. <laughs> they are crisp. That's 
fucking amazing. Uh, I had no idea that uh, there was a tea explorer. I know. There was, I mean, there's honestly, there's just a whole host of them. I just found Robert Fortune's story really interesting. Uh, you know, just, just the, the, the adversity he kind of comes across. Yeah. I, I find that to be quite. And for how long he did it. Like, oh, I, yeah. 18, 18 years of traveling. He ends up passing away, I believe, in like the eight, 1870. And his, like, he, he ends up like back in London full time, 1861. So the last, like, decade or so of his life uh-huh. he's pretty much in 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 london so uh, okay so he's with his wife yeah and what have you mm-hmm. well i mean that's pretty cool fucking life man yeah. like yeah i mean it's i'll be a tea explorer he was on the forefront of a of the scientific age yes I'm, yeah that's that's how Botany. i that, that's how i like to look at it you know he's at the He's kind of at the at the ground floor. Yeah, the the soil, if you will. Yeah, literally the <laughs> ground. <laughs> the ground. Uh, well, thank you again. That's fucking. Uh, that was a great topic. Way to go! All right. Well, I think Malcolm, you also have a shit for us to get indeed i do have a get that shit for you today i love it so to keeping with the, the tea theme i found a company out of california uh, they also have a website called republic of tea so if you're interested yeah. you know i would i would point you there they have all different types of artisanal teas they have some teas you can buy and they they give some of the proceeds to various different charities and that's awesome humani- uh, i was gonna say humanitarian efforts but i think i mean uh, like uh, ecological efforts sure, like sure. planting trees and things like that yeah and i think that they were around 13 dollars and up i think is what we yep, were seeing for 13 and up for a box of them yeah so. you got your get some z's get wellness get protected get burning yeah they had some interesting names oh get relaxed yeah 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 there's many here i whatever you want they have oh let's see how large a can is is do 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 oh you can choose multiple different sizes but a tin is 36 bags of tea and for let's just say the get relief uh tin it's 13 dollars and they break it down to 36 cents a cup <laughs> so i you can also get uh multiple uh, tea sets, like multiple different yeah. flavors. Yeah, like varieties and things yeah. like that. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Well, I'll make sure to link that for realsies. I'll uh, put that in, get that shit and everything. Uh, well, Mal, thanks so much for coming on again. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's always a good time. I know. And we got Marco Polo. That's going to be one for a future Fuck, episode. Yes, I'm so excited. We'll have to play. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. god. We'll all, we'll all play together. I love it. Well, my dudes, while you're shopping for the tea that you will spill later with your friends, make sure that we are in your earballs. Uh, you can find us on all the different streaming platforms, including Podbean, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher. 
And you can find more of those on our Instagram bio at GTS underscore podcast. And like always, while you're there, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe so we can continue to grow our shit. Check out our link tree to find our website, episode resources, and much, much more. You can always holler at us at GTS with Kaylee and Cassie at gmail.com if you have a small business you want to hype or you have a topic that you want us to do homework on. I think that uh, about does it. That does it for us. Alrighty. Well, thanks so much for listening and we will uh, see you on the next episode. Love and light. Till next time. Bye.